Hello, and welcome to this audio tour of the Confluence Trail and Bird Blind by Maya Lin at the Sandy River Delta. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. We're a community-supported nonprofit with the mission to connect people with the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River system through indigenous voices. Thank you for downloading this podcast. This audio tour focuses on the third of five completed confluence sites along the Columbia River system. We begin at the kiosk on the freeway side of the parking lot of the Sandy River Delta. It's near the bathroom and look for the sign that says Confluence Trail or the one that says to the Confluence Bird Blind by Maya Lin. We're going to follow the gravel pathway called the Confluence Trail through the Delta. While you get situated, I'll tell you about this tour. This 2.4-mile round-trip walk takes most people about an hour and a half. That's about 30 minutes to get there, say 30 minutes of exploration, and then another 30 minutes to get back. This audio tour lasts about 10 minutes and is designed to be a leisurely walk down the trail. Feel free to pause or fast forward, but it's structured so you can just press play and listen. No need to worry about keeping up or pausing at specific spots. Just go at your own pace. I want to start with two scenes, both moments of temporary blindness, each about 200 years apart. Here's the first scene. Lewis and Clark and their Corps of Discovery. It's November 3rd, 1805. The crew is tired and anxious to get to the Pacific Ocean before the cold of winter sets in. On this night, they're totally sucked in by fog and can't see anything. Yet the birds, the birds were so loud, Clark called them horrid, and they couldn't sleep at all. This is 20 minutes from what is now downtown Portland. Could you imagine that scene today? Now let's imagine a second scene at the Sandy River Delta, this one in 2005. The celebrated artist Maya Lin, along with some Forest Service officials and organizers from Confluence, are trudging through six to 10 feet of blackberry brambles. They have to use machetes to get through and can only follow deer trails. And they make their way to a spot where the Sandy River used to meet the Columbia, the old confluence of two rivers. An earthen dam upstream built in the 1930s cut off this channel. But that dam was about to come out soon and the restored channel is where Maya Lin wanted to build a bird blind so that you can observe some of the birds Lewis and Clark heard as they fly back to this restored landscape. Now those two moments are key to the story of the Confluence Bird Blind. It's just one part of an ambitious restoration project to bring back this landscape to its natural state. Before Lewis and Clark, this land was occupied by Upper Chinookan peoples. Bands known as the Multnomah and Clackamas were based between here and the Cowlitz River to the west. And east of the Sandy, the Wasco people traded and fished with tribes from throughout the Columbia River system. Most around here lived in plank houses and used the delta for hunting and gathering roots and other useful plants. The wetlands were abundant with wapato, a tuber that was a staple of the native diet. Wapato still grows here. Just look by the water for green, arrowhead-shaped leaves with white and yellow flowers. At some point along this trail, if it's sunny enough, you can see Mount Hood to the east. It's still an active volcano, and in the 1790s, it erupted and caused a huge mud flow that wiped out everything in its path. That's why Lewis and Clark called this the Quicksand River. Their feet just sunk in. A lot of that mud and ash has washed out since then, but if you see dogs digging holes, the soil still looks pretty sandy, and that's why we call it the Sandy River today. 
In the decades that followed the Lewis and Clark expedition, diseases killed most of the indigenous people who lived here. Today, their descendants live among the Warm Springs, Yakima, Grand Ronde, Cowlitz, and Chinook tribes. In their absence in the mid-1800s, pioneer John Harlow planned a town west of the Sandy River Delta. He raised trout in ponds on his farm, and so he thought it fitting to name the town Troutdale. This area was especially known for the celery and gladiola bulbs that grew in the rich sandy soil. For the next 75 years, it would have been common to see logs from the timber industry floating down the Sandy River, tens of thousands at a time when the water was high. For most of its history, the Sandy actually split into two channels, which provided good habitat for juvenile salmon. But in the 1930s, the Oregon Game Commission dammed up one of those channels in an apparent attempt to improve fish runs. It didn't work. By the 1940s, an aluminum plant on the west side of the Delta ran on cheap hydropower from Columbia River dams. It had a lot of toxic emissions, and the gladiola business went away. Now, you can probably still hear I-84, depending on how far you've walked, and that went in in the 1950s, and it pulled traffic and business away from Troutdale. It was in the decades after that that the Sandy River Delta got swallowed up by all that blackberry. You couldn't see through the forest. But everything changed in 1991. The conservation group the Trust for Public Land helped buy this parcel from Reynolds Aluminum, and 1,500 acres of land came under the management of the U.S. Forest Service. That's when people started discovering the area for hiking, hunting, fishing, and horseback riding. In 1996, a comprehensive management plan envisioned a diverse landscape of wetlands, healthy forests along waterways, and broad meadows. More than two and a half decades later, that vision is still becoming a reality. A coalition grew up of agencies and nonprofits interested in redeeming this landscape, and that's what drew Maya Lin to this area. She designed the bird blind as a quiet spot in the forest near the confluence of the rivers, where you can view birds and wildlife without disturbing them. The bird blind is an outdoor room in the shape of an ellipse. The slats are made of black locust wood, which is a hardwood typically used for fence posts on farms and ranches. It's also an invasive species in the Northwest, and that's why Maya saw it as a sustainable source of wood for this project. The elliptical shape of the bird blind and curved ramp are closer perceptions to nature. It's not as perfect or as engineered as a circle or a straight line, and the curves give you a new perspective with each movement forward. By the way, the cement pilings that support the bird blind go down 40 feet and rest on the bedrock below. That means in an earthquake, this is one of the safest places to be for miles around. Inside the bird blind is a list. Each slat is named for a plant, animal, or bird that Lewis and Clark observed on their journey west, 120 of them. We see the name used in the journals and today's common and scientific names for them. But what happened to all those species over 200 years? Each slat also lists the environmental status of each one when the bird line was dedicated in 2008, species of concern, threatened, or even extinct. With the ever-growing forest around it, hikers are often surprised to suddenly stumble upon the bird blind, enveloped in the woods as it is. And that's just what Maya Lin wanted, for you to discover this confluence experience on your own terms. The confluence trail was built by hundreds of volunteers, and the bird blind was formally dedicated on August 23, 2008. More than 500 people were there. 
This is the third of five completed sites that stretch across 438 miles. The projects begin where the Columbia River meets the Pacific Ocean at a place called Cape Disappointment State Park. The second is the Confluence Land Bridge at Fort Vancouver. East of the Sandy River Delta, the fourth confluence site is a series of story circles at Sacagawea State Park in Pasco, Washington. Confluence's fifth and easternmost project is the Listening Circle at Chief Timothy Park near Clarkston, Washington, along the Snake River. The sixth and final confluence project is planned for Celilo Park near the Dalles, Oregon. It's where the mighty roar of Celilo Falls fell silent in 1957 because they were flooded by the Dalles Dam. This is the only confluence project that is not yet complete, and I hope you can join us when it is. Thank you for listening to this audio tour. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Confluence and our other sites and education programs and digital library, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. And remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this important work because of the generous support from the friends of Confluence, and that's you. Confluence belongs to us all. Join us today.